Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in this week. It is the 5-9 Dreambow Every Nerdy Woman's Man. I am Swaltaku. And of course, my amazing co-host. This is the best damn podcast co-host this side of the United States. This is Rev. How are you doing today, Swole? Oh, I am doing so good. So good. I've been doing really good over the past couple of days as we have seen a lot, apparently, go on in not just wrestling, but in the NFL, in all aspects of life. Let's get into that. I think I think we both know how we want to open up this show. Yeah. Okay, so the the best part about this is, you know, we've had numerous comments by a couple of listeners out there who um who say that we we rag too much on AEW and we don't have criticism for uh WWE. And the funny thing is is, you know, this we're just two wrestling fans here just talking about wrestling. We don't really have loyalty or allegiance to one company or the other. Um, but, yeah, getting to it, the fact that Roman Reigns is going to defend his Universal title against Adam Pierce. Oh, but what? But you're being so mean. I mean, Adam Pierce is a is a five time NWA champion. I mean, he's he wrestled young Adam Cole. Like, how can you be so mean? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is the thing. Adam, you know, Adam Pierce may have been a five time NWA champion, and that's all great and dandy. But let's not distract you from the fact that this is a terrible booking idea. You know, and, you know, all you guys were talking about how certain stars aren't getting utilized. And so what's WWE's solution? Well, let's have a underutilized star in Shinsuke Nakamura get beaten by, you guessed it, Adam Pierce. Now, yes, yes, he was. It, it wasn't clean. And... Adam Pierce was quote unquote helped by, you know, Roman Reigns and the Usos. And there's still a lot of speculation that, you know, Kevin Owens could be coming to save Pierce and everything that's been going on. But if it was if it was Brock Lesnar instead of Adam Pierce, the entire universe would be saying that um, they are burying younger talent. They kind of are, because Adam Pierce isn't exactly, you know, a spring chicken himself, you know, and, you know, they've been complaining. You know, myself, I've probably complained about this a time or two, but, you know, Shinsuke Nakamura has been grossly underutilized for almost his entire career, and he gets taken out of the world title picture for an authority figure. I just... It almost makes me so mad that I don't know what to say. It it doesn't fit. And I they can say whatever they want. They can say that, you know, he's filling the spot for a different superstar. He's, um, he's doing this. He's doing that. Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens have already shot down who we wanted to be moved up to SmackDown. 
Now, yes, there were some logical reasons to that, but they still shot it down regardless. So we don't have, you know, that that next logical um, baby face to come and face Roman. They've kind of already started killing, uh, not killing, stabbing themselves in the foot. Better way to say that for, okay, well, we need a baby face to go up against Roman this next pay-per-view or this next week. Or even in this segment. Because now he owns SmackDown. And this isn't saying anything to Roman. Not at all. But this is just saying to booking. You, you've you kept all these great storylines. And now right when we start WrestleMania season. You're going to hit us with this. Well the thing is. Is you know like. Why not have it Shinsuke Nakamura. Versus Roman Reigns. You have a baby face and a heel. You know it would probably been a pretty damn good match. Um, you know, I don't understand why they didn't go with it. You know, that would have been great. And now, you know, there's there's rumors that, you know, Cesaro's going to get involved. And yeah, it's cool that Cesaro's going to get some some time, you know, and I'm all for seeing more Cesaro on my TV screen. But the fact is, is there's like, I could think of like five or six, right off the top of my head, just first thought that would have been a better choice than Adam Pierce. I mean, you could have put Dan Gable or Chad yeah, Gable, Gable. Ch- Ch- Chad yeah, Gable, yeah. my bad. Dan Gable was actually a famous Greco wrestler. Chad Gable, you could have put Chad Gable. You could have yeah, put Chad Gable, Shinsuke Nakamura, Cesaro. Uh, you know, you could have shit. There's a whole slew of people who could have been a better choice. And yeah, I already know there's going to be a swerve. And I guarantee you, Adam Pierce, hopefully, Will not be the the real challenger at Royal Rumble, but you know the fact of the matter is is it's kind of a cop out way to get us to the Royal Rumble, in my opinion. But like, if you put an Adam Pierce against a Roman Reigns, like, how in the world could it not be a squash? And I could see like if Adam Pierce was an in ring competitor, not portrayed as a official, but. When it comes to the wrestling business, when anybody's booked into the official role, they, you know, have to fill a certain archetype, even in the ring, you know. So this would be nothing other than a squash match for Roman Reigns. And it it doesn't need to be like that. I mean... uh they could have put they could have made it another owens match and i think everybody would have been okay just having a normal owens match even make a stipulation that jay and paul couldn't be on the sidelines you know do something unique with that story cuz that story's still not over and now we have well we're we're getting Adam Pierce and yes yes it did work in the aspect of any publicity is good publicity but what are you going to do well see the thing is is you know i think what frustrates me the most is it kind of gives us you know it gives us almost like they're teasing us with Nakamura you know We've all clamored for Nakamura to get a, you know a chance and a shot, and next thing you know, it looks like they're going to pull the trigger, and then they don't, you know, and it's almost like a slap in the face. I mean, we've had 
NJPW-style matches between uh, Nakamura and AJ Styles on giant stages, nonetheless. WrestleMania, uh, multiple pay-per-views, and right when it seems like, all right, cool, like we could potentially see Nakamura get this shot, it doesn't. And now it's to the point where it's okay. He's not getting his shot. He's not getting a tag team shot. He's not getting a mid-card shot. So why are the fans sad if he leaves? Right, and that's the thing, you know. Um, it's it's just frustrating. I think the one good thing that did come out of it is a face turn for Nakamura. But, you know, other than that, I can't think of any really positive... I mean, yeah, you know, Nakamura looked like a star for most of the match, but still, like he's he got pinned regardless of circumstance by a manager official. And now, does this mean that um, anybody can now? Because now Pierce is going to be on the active roster. Does that mean now that Miz and uh, Morrison can? attack Pierce because Pierce has made it aware that he hates the Miz and the Miz has made it aware that he hates Pierce. And I think that if you use him for just this match, it's going to cause a lot more plot holes because now there, there are potentially other feuds with other superstars that he's already pissed off that can't get that chance. But you just gave it to Roman Reigns who clearly I don't think even wants it. I don't even think he's excited for this this part of the storyline. Well, you know, it, it's just really hard to figure out where it's going to go. Like I said, the only positive take I get out of it is a Nakamura face turn, which, I mean, I don't speak for every fan, but I prefer Nakamura as a baby face. Um, so I think it's cool that he's, you know, going to be a baby face again. But other than that, I don't really have anything positive to say. I think this is just another... Yeah, another terrible, terrible idea by the WWE booking team. Um, yeah, I, the funny thing is, is, you know, all these last you know couple episodes, there's been a lot of positive things to say about WWE, but they really gave me plenty of ammunition this episode to say some negative things. And we're going to actually get into the next topic, which uh, I think you're going to enjoy most because um, I know that he's one of your guys, is two superstars' contracts are coming up. Um, one signed a contract, but I think it's getting revised, which is Matt Riddle. And another superstar has not even signed a contract again. He, he's kind of made it clear on Raw Talk that he may be done, and that is Ricochet. Yeah, um, that is really... A really hard thought for me because um, I personally don't want Ricochet to go to AEW, and uh, there, you know there's a very specific reason for that. You know he he's going to be on TV for like a month, and then he's going to be strictly on AEW Dark, you know, which is you know basically a three times longer version of WWE main event, you know, so. He, he's just going to go somewhere where, you know, he's not going to be utilized there either. Um, and probably be just fodder for Kenny Omega to destroy. Um, 
it's just it's just rough because you know I feel you know this is going to be a very unpopular opinion, but I feel like Ricochet is actually kind of tailored to the WWE way of um, presentation and programming. You know, he's he's probably the best like light, almost cruiserweight guy that they have that's like really honestly tailored to their form of pro wrestling. And yet, I, I just don't think Vince McMahon knows what to do with Ricochet. Like, he, I don't think he understands what he has there. And, you know, I, I sorely wish that they'd just send him back to NXT. And if this wasn't a, uh, you know, if we weren't still towards this part of the pandemic, I would re- I would say he's probably going NJPW, but... That's that's a whole thing in oh, itself yeah. that that can't well, happen currently. Yeah, he, yeah, he can't travel um, to Japan, and so you know, all I can hope is that you know they they give Ricochet something enough to make him want to stay, um, because I, I don't think he's going to do well in AEW, um, and God, please don't ever let him go to Impact. Uh, uh, when I, um, when I saw from dirt sheet radio that they had posted that he, a a lot about him today, a lot of fans were asking him to go to impact. Well, that's a terrible idea. And it, it, it really is. I mean, to have impacts, golden boys, the rascals debut as MKS, and uh, kind of keep the same gimmick. I mean, you're having your golden children move to a rival company because they know the potential. It should say a lot about uh, Impact's programming altogether. Well, I mean, we're talking about the Impact, who the only reason they have anything compelling on TV is because AEW is involved. Um, you know, that right there says enough about Impact Wrestling. And the sad thing is, is Impact Wrestling has got some really good talent on their roster. They just, they're just terrible, terrible booking, and and there's nothing of substance for any of those performers. Like you got your Jordan Graces, who you know she's not even being utilized on TV. You know she had she just had a a match against Jazz, but like I don't I don't understand what that does for her career. You know, I could understand if they brought like a legitimate big woman's wrestling legend name, but yeah, she beat Jazz. Okay, um, I don't see that it really did anything for Jordan Grace. You know, um, you have the Motor City Machine Guns consistently getting beaten up. You know, there's just there's so much talent over there, and it's almost heartbreaking that you know there there's just they can do nothing to use them in an exciting way. And we'll we'll get back to Riddle later. But uh, speaking of Motor City Machine Guns, we got a pay-per-view this weekend. Now, it's probably not a pay-per-view that either one of us are going to be willingly buying unless... You know, I'm, I'll buy it if I can't find any other way to watch it. Um, but we have Hard to Kill. 
We have. I'm going to forget the rest of the card. I'm not even going to talk about the rest of the card. Let's face it. The only reason why I brought this up was Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers, because they're not the Bullet Club, versus the Motor City Machine Guns and Rich Swan. Um, I'm- so, yeah, this is where, again, I, I just... I'm sorry, I, I have a lot of respect for Rich Swan's talent, but should he be world champion? No. I, I don't think he's a credible world champion in any facet of the word. So, like, the way I see, he's just holding the belt until Kenny Omega continues his Austin Aries storyline and takes the title from him. You know? So... Like, this is going to be nothing but Omega and the Good Brothers just pretty much destroying the guns and Rich Swan. And it, it, it makes sense. I mean, it's hard to say that this story now hasn't gotten out of control. I mean, we we all just saw uh, AEW... New Year's Smash Night 2. And with... Right, and... You know, I that speaking of that, like it makes me wonder if this was the planned storyline just to swerve people, or literally they had saw online enough backlash that this is the same rehash bullshit, and decided, well, let's not go that route and take the bucks out of it. Yeah, because now it's... Now it's looking like, okay, we just called out the Bullet Club in Japan. Tomatonga's really pissed, and he's made that vocal ever since this started. Well, now we're going to try to break up the Elite Bullet Club, Super Deluxe, whatever, using Don Callis. And we're only, what, four this weeks? This was like a weekend of the story, dude. Yeah. It's like they just added the bucks, like, last week. And now the Bucks are out, and it, it's just, you know, now I you're... don't want to give them that much credit because, like, I don't think it was, you know, this master swerve, but, you know, I, I don't understand, you know, the thing is, is, you have, you know, the Good Brothers and such. But, like, what's the, the end game here? What have the AEW Tag Team Champions versus the Impact Tag Team Champions? You know, I, I don't understand what the, the, the purpose now is. And it, it's going it's, to... It's going to... It can either turn one of two ways. We forget about it. Once WrestleMania seasons, even the, even the, uh, you know, AEW marks will kind of start transitioning towards more of WrestleMania season because everybody does, even celebrities. It just happens. It's a huge event. And hopefully if, you know, even a little bit of fans can be in it, there'll be a big name or something. So either people will forget about it or it will turn into... Some amazing endgame storyline that we've all kind of wanted to happen. But as of right now, 
and I'm going to stick with it. It's just going to end in bullshit. Right. Um, yeah, I, I just don't understand. Um, you know, looking back at some of, a, a lot of the matches tonight, I, I don't understand why. You know, the, they were booked some of the way that they were. Um, the fact that Darby Allen pretty much got murdered forever and then cheated to win. Like, how how do you have the baby face cheat? Like, I, I don't understand. You know, how is that supposed to build sympathy for Darby Allen, you know, when he cheats and uses the belt as a weapon, and yet it was in front of the referee, and the referee did absolutely nothing about it. I mean, like, I mean, it, it doesn't make a, sense. It doesn't make sense. It it won't make sense, especially with the uh, the inner circle having a. Oh, dude, that. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking about that shit, dude. Like, uh, I just. I don't know. You know, I don't understand why Jericho and MJF are, like, best buddies now. Um, I don't understand where Hager and freaking Guevara come in. Um, Yeah, there's just a lot of shit I don't understand. You know, and the sad thing is, is, you know, they they were building the inner circle to be, like, this big, badass heel group like they were the main bad guys and now they're just like comedy relief they they really are and i mean you have potentially the future stars of wrestling in the inner circle i mean jack hager's not that not that old so he's still got a a long time with him you got santana and ortiz mjf who is who i'm really talking about and they have all this time. They have this giant platform. And now you're all fighting for the tag team championships against each other when you're all a team. And they couldn't just freebird it? They can't. Well, yeah. And the, the, another thing for me that I, I have trouble with is, um, you know, that match between Hagar and Wardlow. It could have set up the seeds for Wardlow and Hager to put aside their differences and be a tag team. But they pair Hager with Guevara, and I don't understand that. I think it's the stigma of have the high flyer and then have the tank. With the big guy? Yeah. Yeah, I, I suppose you're right. But again, that whole segment's dumb. And, you know, now you have... Of course, you know, Omega and company are like the big heels. But you have the Butcher and the Blade, you're telling me, are more intimidating than the Inner Circle? Like, I don't understand what universe that's the case. It's just... Like, I've, I have, I've never been a fan. I'll, I'll put this out there. Like, I've never been a fan of the Butcher and the Blade. Ever since they debuted, like, I, I couldn't get into it. I couldn't buy it. Um... You know, I think it's super cool that, you know, one of the, the, the freaking Butcher is a heavy metal vocalist for one of my favorite heavy metal bands. Um, but, you know, I, I don't buy into their characters. Like, the best, the only reason to watch that team is the bunny. 
And I'm sorry, that's kind of <laughs> it, it, it's true. It's true to say. It's true. But it's, you know, it's true. and it's not just because of the eye candy, but like I've been consistently a fan of Allie since she was in Impact. You know, so it's not just for eye candy. Like I think Allie is a a great talent, and I've always you know liked Allie. So naturally, of course, that you know that's a main reason why the bunny is pretty much the only thing I care about in that team. And, like, I don't understand the connection between Eddie Kingston and those guys. Like, I, that doesn't make any sense to me. Like, they, they don't fit together at all. It's just kind of almost like they're like, okay, well, Pac's coming back, so we need to uh, we need to figure out you some, some guys to team with Eddie, so these guys aren't doing anything. Here you go. Like, you already had Pac and Phoenix and Pentagon as the Death Triangle, so that makes sense. But now you have Kingston, who has been thrown around multiple teams, and Kingston is a really good wrestler. Like, I am a big fan of Kingston. I love Kingston. Right, right, right. Kingston, you know, I've got nothing but good things to say about Eddie Kingston. He's a tremendous worker. Um you know he's got his head on straight. He's got a he's got a legitimate respect for the business and his coworkers. Um, I, I like Eddie Kingston a lot. But now, um, but, but now I, you're having him just jump around teams essentially well, to yeah, figure yeah. out which where he's going. And I think what probably would have been the better gimmick because he's he's more of a more of a hard thug character is maybe what you could have done and probably made. This tag team, and you hate this tag team so much, made this tag team a little bit more grisly, a little bit more mean, is put the private party with Eddie Kingston. Uh, Yeah, I could see that. Um, But, you know, even then, you know, honestly, maybe they shouldn't have had Guevara, or even they could have, you know, instead of added MJF, like, freaking put... Um, Kingston in the inner circle with Santana and Ortiz. I mean, they go back to Impact oh, and yeah. LAX. So, like, there's a natural chemistry there. Um, MJF, you know, you know, it's cool that he's in a major heel group and he's probably learning from one of the best people he could learn from. But, you know, MJF probably could have stood on his own, you know, and still been relevant. But, you know, Eddie Kingston, you know, they've got to find a good place for him because he's too valuable of a talent to be in meaningless story. You know, he's he's just, you know, he's he's a one of those guys that you want on your roster. He's one of those guys I would I would enjoy sitting down with and telling me and, you know, critique, uh, just critiquing me. Sorry, I was trying to say that on, you know, what what my persona could be better and you know how how I can get from where I am now to a bigger stage and I I would love to sit and talk to Eddie Kingston and go through all that um but anyways so let's uh let's change gears here a little bit we've talked a lot about wrestling um let's go into the world of video gaming so they just had announced that uh, Lucasfilm's games is now going to be a thing, and Disney's going to move all of those properties 
under that banner and be able to still make um, several more Star Wars universe games that are coming out. Uh, my favorite and most intriguing one to me is definitely going to be the Ubisoft open world Star Wars game, which I think is going to be super cool. I'm excited. I read that. I saw that. And I mean, we've already talked about that. The fact that we're going to get probably from the biggest open world company, because anybody can say Rockstar, but Rockstar's only come out with GTA. I mean, yeah, sure. Ubisoft's come out with Assassin's Creed, but they got Watch Dogs. Yeah, Ubisoft has always been, you know, one of the, like, if you're looking for, like, a an open world story game, like, honestly, any if you were to ask me what company to go with for a game like that, I would say Ubisoft all the time. And so now um, we'll have those mechanics, we'll have those but graphics, with Star Wars. but with Star Wars. Oh, man, it's going to be so cool. Um, I, I'm very excited to see you know, what the game is. And, you know, uh, even though they haven't really said much about it, you, I can already guarantee that I'm going to buy it when, you know, it comes out. Oh, I already know I'm going to do a, a playthrough of it. And I, I'm, once I saw that my mind immediately went to, um, probably the most popular thing that's going on in star Wars right now, which is the Mandalorian story. Now, not exactly playing through the series that's going on Disney plus, but, I mean, we've already been introduced to a bunch of different Mandalorians, uh, so the right. the potential of it, of it could be anything. And you know, well, there's something that really intrigued me. It came out. The news of this came out yesterday, and I read the rumor, and I was like, "Huh? Well, what if that's what it is?" Um, because the rumor is Star Wars: The Force Unleashed three is happening after a ten year hiatus of the game. Oh, dude, that would, oh, that would. Um... So, like, uh, that right there gets me hype. Um, you know, doing bounty hunter stuff with the uh, Mandalorians would be super cool. So, like, that's a concept I would buy into. Hell, even if they took um, the Fallen Order main character and you play as him, like, I would totally be okay with that because I really got invested with that character. Um there's so many cool directions that they could take it. Um, you know, there was a rumored Darth Maul game that was supposed to come out. Um, you know, with these series that are that Disney Plus is doing now with like Obi Wan Kenobi, all them. You know, hell, it could be Obi Wan. You know, like it could be anybody. And you know, I can't think of a character that would be the main character of that game and playing through this story that I probably would not enjoy. I just seeing it, seeing the potential of what it could be is what gets me hyped and what gets me excited the most. Um, another rumor and another video actually came out also, and it was from Bethesda. Now, before anybody, you know, gasped, yes, we know Bethesda's history, but to have Indiana Jones finally have a next gen game is something that. I'm very excited for. I know that um, Indiana Jones, uh, a Indiana Jones game is what I've been wanting. Um, something probably more immersive than Uncharted. And don't get me wrong, Uncharted is one of the greatest series to ever come out. But it was it was basically the Indiana Jones games that we always wanted. Now to actually have one, I'm super excited. I 
I hope it's open world. I hope there's a great story. Hell, I hope it's Raiders of the Lost Ark. Well, see, if you're going to do that, you know, and my big thing with Indiana Jones is um, I, unless they have Harrison Ford voice the character, I don't know if I could believe any other voice coming out of that character, you know. So that'd probably be the hardest thing for me to get into is try to immerse myself in Indiana Jones and not hear Harrison Ford, you know, doing the voice recording for the character. And I I would be I can't say I would be fine but I would accept it if it wasn't I don't see why Bethesda as big of a company as they are wouldn't be able to get him and I know that um there are certain rights owned by Disney for Indiana Jones so I I can believe right. that getting Harrison Ford to voice act it and you know paying him a good amount would be more than enough for Disney to do and to give the fans something that they they appreciate and they love and I'm I'm just well, super excited for it. You know, and now would be the time to do it because you know, yeah, despite the bugs and everything, like the marketing campaign around Keanu Reeves as Johnny Silverhand was probably one of the biggest stories in gaming in 2020, like and, you know, to, a lot of people may bitch and complain about it, but honestly, he's one of my favorite parts of the game. Um, so why not, you know, jump on the popularity train of that and get a celebrity part of your game? So, like, you know, if I were in charge of Bethesda, I'd be getting trying to get Harrison Ford on, you know, because that right there, you know, that's going to make money. I mean, even if you're, um, if you're doing a Star Wars game and say it's, it's a different, it's a whole new story. We've already been introduced to Sasha Banks as a Mandalorian. You can mm-hmm. get Mark Hamill because he does voice acting for fun at this point. He's he's already set. I mean, you can get so many. Uh, Hayden Christensen. I mean, you can get so right. many celebrities to come repri- reprise their role and make you money, but also just make the fans happy give us something that we we've been wanting and i think this it's what they potentially could do with these two games we'll see and not only that but you know a story that i would love to be told because you know um i would love to see a story about how ben solo came to be kylo ren you know like explore him before he ever went to the dark side when he was luke's apprentice you know his padawan i think that would be a cool story that would that would be and then have it uh probably have the end of the game open up where um his story is tell is told where right, his and- story is, begins and then just bam i mean that that could potentially help with also all the shit that was talked about this last trilogy of star wars movies i mean that would at least help fans understand a little bit more well, yeah, I mean, let's face it, um, it's really hard for me to imagine something outdoing how shitty the uh, Star Wars Episode One was, but I think Disney accomplished that with the uh, the new trilogy. So, I mean... And it... that, that's, hard, that's hard to say, you know, because Phantom Menace was kind of shit, um, but... Yeah, the the new trilogy probably was even more shitty. Hey, hey, 
I'm just gonna focus on my eye candy, Daisy Ridley. That's all I'm focus. <laughs> that's all I'm focusing on. That's all I care about. I mean, I'm gonna be. I'm. Well, I'm not gonna lie. I didn't pay attention to a lot of that movie unless she was in it. And I mean, yeah, she kissed Kylo. Who? Oh, who? Who? Okay, that's cool. Me and him gonna throw hands, but. <laughs> it's fine it's okay it's all right i i mean that's that's what i enjoyed the most about it um so the thing about it you know i think if they're gonna make star wars games they gotta stop introducing pointless characters into the game or said movie that literally have no character development and like after the first movie they don't matter anymore and i'm talking about finn you know he was he was like a main focal point in the trailers and you thought he was going to be a big deal and then he's basically a background character by the end of the trilogy ray that's pretty much it you know that that's that's his most memorable thing (laughs) i mean it it really is and that's that sucks um to say that about finn because Potentially, when we all saw it, and then we all saw the trailer. I remember when the trailer um, first hit, and he well, stand- they were portraying him like the main character. Yeah, he like stands they, they up. It seemed like he was the main guy. Yeah, he. You know, and then then it was like a swerve, and then you have Ray, which you know, fans of Daisy Ridley clearly aren't complaining, but you know, that was such a swerve of the trailer because you think, oh well, I guess this this stormtrooper who you know is going to find out that he's force sensitive or something and he's he's going to be a good guy and then they're like well that's what we made you think but that's not really how it goes it's going to go this way it's the hot chick and then everybody's like, like oh okay it was like yeah well let's forget about fen now nobody cares your worst nightmare but, yeah. it's uh it's finn's origin story <laughs> to be honest, I really wouldn't complain about that. You know, I I thought the character would have been good if they would put more time on him. But you know, once fans started shipping Kylo and Ray, that became their love story. You know, and that's just I don't understand. You know, I I had such high hopes for when the way it was looking like it was gonna go, and then it went to a love story. Yeah. You know, and the thing about it is, is, you know, I I thought they had such potential to make Luke Skywalker a gray Jedi. You know, the the freaking trailer and everything saying that it's time for the Jedi Order to end and all that. I was like, oh, they're going to make Luke a gray Jedi. That's going to be freaking awesome. And it literally was nothing. And that's, I mean... With everything that they have coming out, to not have a and I'm looking towards the future with what they with what uh, Lucas Films and Disney released for the Star Wars side on Investor Day and all the projects that they have, you really need and it's an unpopular opinion and a lot of fans are probably going to say no, they don't. You really need a kick ass game to help launch that to get that started because oh, i agree i'm that, with you that's how fans think is once something's good no matter unless it's truly truly bad no matter what we're gonna stick with it and we're gonna ride it out and well well unless you know 
Unless you're Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah, then people are going to... fans are like, fans are like, we're not waiting for an update. We want our money back. And then they get mad when, when CD Projekt Red takes the game back. Still... I, I just don't understand what they thought was going to happen to get a refund, man. Like, you really think they're going to give you the money and then let you keep the game? I don't I don't know. I think fans just thought that that was a quick way to get their money back and they can end up buying like <laughs> they can end up buying a two NBA 2K for 30 bucks oh. and keep another game. And the sad thing is is that game largely was a bust as well. It it was. It was. I I got it when it first came out. I played, waited, I played played through some patches and I was still like no, this 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 isn't Nine, 20 was better 19 was better but i mean that's how it goes it seems like 2k20 the uh both the wrestling and nba games really reflected how shitty 2020 was it, re- it really did it really <laughs> did it really did it hit us hard it, it hit yeah, us so okay. hard for no reason so now I know this, we're going to go on the next topic and I know this is something you are going to be stoked to talk about, but, uh, we got some news that, uh, Deadpool three is officially thing and it will be rated R and it's in the MCU. Kevin Feige has, con- has, uh, confirmed it. No matter what, I am not mad. Do I want a recap of the entire MCU in Ryan Reynolds voice? Please, if there is any <laughs> higher being out there, because we don't discriminate, let this be a thing of him just explaining Thanos, and I want him to call him a raisin or something like that, because that is what Thanos looks like. I would love it so much. But yeah, Deadpool 3, officially in the works. Um, as of right now, from IGN and Kevin Feige, uh, Ryan Reynolds is going through the script himself for any changes i heard that he was you know the main guy in charge of all that now so which i i am so happy um they hinted that it won't be a lot of mcu connections but there will be obvious telling that deadpool and this is including the other two movies have always been in the mcu and nobody's noticed and I would love that so right. much more. I would love that if he did a freaking cameo. If the first Deadpool actually, because we never get a timeline, actually took place during uh, the battle in New York. And he just makes a quick little cameo or something like they did in um, in uh, Endgame. I would love it. I would love to see Ryan Reynolds say something or Deadpool say something about that. I mean, that, that would be amazing. And a great way to help uh, this transition, this multi-verse you know stay continued the way that it is so i'm just gonna say this if deadpool is now mcu um you know i don't know disney or you know square enix if you're listening out there can we get a uh, a deadpool pack for marvel's avengers please i would i would cry i would cry so <laughs> So fast. I mean, he was one of my in um Marvel Ultimate Alliance, the newest one that came out on the Switch. He was one of my favorite characters to use. And his oh, intro His introduction into the game itself was amazing and 
um, something that I think people didn't take as serious because they they thought it was going to be in kind of like a kind of like what Marvel's Avengers was, and nobody realizes that Ultimate Alliance is um, kind of like Diablo. So you're gonna have that aspect, but I I loved it. I love that. I hope that um, Deadpool does eventually come in. So before we go on with this, I kind of want to do something different because we've got, you know, we might have a, a few extra minutes tonight, but let's let's try something a little different. Let's talk about what game off the top of your head is probably viewed the most as being an absolute shit game, but is like a guilty pleasure to you. Final mm-hmm. Fantasy Thirteen. Okay, I could see. I mean, I've definitely heard the criticism um, of thirteen. I've played thirteen myself. Um, I didn't think it was too bad of a game. I really liked how cinematic it was, but uh, I definitely read some of the criticism. It it gets shit on so much for being a beautiful game. It. I want to say that that was kind of Square Enix' little trial run to see this next gen style of gaming that they wanted to do. And fans didn't realize it. Um, and I was I was younger. I was way younger when this came out. And to still keep the same values towards it that I do surprises me even sometimes. Because I stick by that game. I stick by Lightning, um, by Snow, by all of the characters. And that's that's always been a game that has just stuck with me. Same as Kingdom Hearts. Um so I I do say that that one gets trashed on so much for no reason other than people either trash on it because it's fun to trash on it or trash on it because they just they refuse to play it. Which right, I definitely if anybody's definitely see com- your argument there. If anybody's complaining that they can't play it because they don't have a PS3, it's on Steam. Look it up. <laughs> Yeah, see, um, me, it's hard for me to pick one because I tend to usually like all the games that get shit on. Um, Typically, I'll go on and read reviews, and I'm just like, I don't know where you're getting that. I actually kind of like it. Um, You know, so, like, I'll I'll just spitball some off the top of my head, like Marvel's Avengers. A lot of people said it's repetitive, and it's boring, and all that. I I love that game. You get to play as the Hulk. It's the greatest thing in the world. And Tony. Well, I my my favorite character in that game right now, you know, they haven't released other characters other than Kate Bishop, but right now is Thor, and for one simple reason, like the fact when you hurl Mjolnir at somebody, it literally will pin them to the ground of the wall, and they can't get up because they can't lift Mjolnir. That's super freaking cool. Like, oh, I agree. I agree. That's such a cool part of the game to throw in there to really tie the continuity of everything together. Um, I I personally love that game. I think it's great. Um, You know, just about every wrestling game that's come out, you know, I buy no matter what. Um, So, you know, I still play 2K20, even though, you know, it took them like roughly over a year to make it playable. Um, I play that a lot. Um, The latest Final Fantasy 15, a lot of people shit on. I liked it a lot. I still play it. Um, you know, I, I tend to like all these games that people shit on all the time. And 
for me, with the way that I've grown up into gaming, if a game comes out and I don't find it, um, it like I just I don't want it. I don't shit on it because it's fun. I I'll either watch gameplay and I'll be like, all right, cool. Like my mind's changed, or I'll just stick with it and be like, all right, you know what? No. And there's a lot of people who are just you know they will just trash on a game either because it's too popular. Um, i.e. one of the guys on that works on my channel hates Among Us and has not given me a definitive reason why. And I just, I don't understand. I think it's maybe because it's, it's easy to trash on the game, but it's such a good game. Um, and I'm, I'm open to multiple views. Like everybody has their own opinion, but at least have some stable evidence before you just say, no, that game's bad. Well, I think the thing with Among Us that really gives it the shit is that people tend to want to hate like the popular fad. Um, so, you know, first it was Fall Guys. And a lot of people shit on that game. And honestly, you know, we've talked about this before, but I think, it, you know, if you have nothing better to do and you don't want to get into a, a long game and you only have like 15 minutes, Fall Guys is a fantastic use of 15 minutes. Like, it's minimal effort. And, you know, it's just really well done concept. And, you know, Among Us is kind of the same. You know, the games typically don't last a whole long, a whole lot of a long time, you know. Um, and I think it's a pretty cool little, you know, it, it almost feels almost, you know, it's got that really, that really indie charm to it. You know, and I, I dig indie games, you know, I think it, it's super cool to see some stuff like that. So, like, for Among Us to get as big as it has, you know, I think that's super neat, you know. And I, I, I enjoy it. Um, I I love the concept since it first came out. Was your your jury is your peers, and depending on if you have a poker face or not, you're either going to win or you're going to be the first one eliminated. And I love it so much just to see people get nervous or get mad. You know, if somebody, even if their best friend eliminates them, I I think it's hilarious. Um, but to just tell me that a game is bad or a game is gross without giving me at least some proof, it, it just it doesn't make sense to me. And that goes with every game. I mean, that went with Pokemon Sword and Shield when people were mad that, you know, not all the Pokemon were here. I was like, all right, cool. We're not... This isn't the first year of Pokemon. They're 25 years into it now. You're not supposed to catch them all. You're supposed to compete and battle and be a Pokemon master. Yes, you get a you get a charm for catching them Shinies. all, but you get a trophy for beating everybody. Now, personally, I'm well, gonna see, take. Let me. Like this is where you know the hardcore Pokemon audience is gonna shit on my opinion. And that's okay. Um, you know, I I tried. To really go and do all the the catch it all thing and try to get shinies and all that shit, and I found that to be the most boring trope ever. Like, I I don't. It's so mind numbing 
to repeat the same process over and over and walk through the same bush over and over and over and over and over, and over hope, hoping to get a shiny version of the Pokemon to pop up. Like, I, I just don't see the fun in doing that. And you know, I've made it very clear. Wanna... <laughs> no, no, like, I agree. I've made it very clear on on two of the series that I'm playing right now, two different Pokemon games. It is changed. It is not catch them all. If you want to catch them all and you want to feel happy for yourself, cool. I support it. But do not come at me and tell me that Pokemon is catch them all. That is a great catch line that has worked for them for 25 years. They are worth $100 billion, but they hold world tournaments in America, Japan, Germany. Do I need to keep going? For fighting, not for catching. Right, and that's the thing, you know, I don't want to catch, I don't want to catch um, all, you know, however many there are in Sword and Shield now, um, when I'm only going to use six of them. Yeah. You know, and, you know, the thing is, is I don't care what the meta is, that they're like, oh, this is... This is the most powerful Pokemon, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't care if it's the most powerful. If I don't like the Pokemon, I'm not going to use it. And I agree with that. I mean, I stick with my uh, my four types, and I call it a day. And that's what I'm going to stick well, with. See, you know, like, I my main Pokemon in Sword and Shield right now, um, I got from somebody who traded it to me through a mystery trade, and I guess I got lucky, and I don't know why they were trying to trade him off. But uh, it was Zeraora. And Zeraora. yeah, like, that is my my favorite Pokemon. And when they did that shiny event, when the first DLC pack came out, I made sure I logged on every day and did what I had to do to get him. Um, but yeah, like, I have him, and I've got my... the. The fire starter bunny, whatever. Yeah, Cinderace is. or Score Bunny, yeah. yeah. Score Bunny, yeah. I have that is one of mine because, you know, since it's my starter, of course it's going to be super high level. Um, and I've got, a, you know, I've got the uh, the main legendary for sword and a couple other, like, dragon types and stuff. But, like, I, I don't, I'm not going to go through and, and catch all these Pokemon I'm not going to use. Yeah. Um, it, there's just no point to it. So in my opinion, at least I, I agree with you and I've been doing multiple Pokemon series, um, since the channels, you know, been getting more and more fans. Uh, I think, I think we're going to, we're going to segue through this section because we've probably already either made people mad or hurt their feelings. <laughs> <laughs> and we're actually going to go into the playoffs. Um, I have a couple of cool things I want to talk about, about the playoffs, um, one of the things. All right, so I'll let you start it out. Yeah, one of the things that hits me the most, and I mean, me and Mike, we've talked about it. I have two. I mean, I'm a Cowboys fan, so is he. We're not going to hide that. But I have two AFC quarterbacks that I adore and that I've always stuck by, even through when they were in college, and that's Pat Mahomes and Baker Mayfield. Not only are they playing against each other this weekend. Baker Mayfield is the oldest quarterback in the remaining in the AFC playoffs. And that's scary to think about. 
Because he was just a rookie, what, like four or five seasons ago? Not even. He was drafted in 2018. Oh, man. So, like, he's the oldest. He's 25. He's only been in the league two years? Yeah. He's 25. Oh, man. So, um, well, you know, I don't think it. he's not the oldest in there, though, because you've got Tom Brady and Drew Brees, which are. No, I'm saying just on the AFC dinosaurs. side. Well, yeah, I guess because Tom Brady's an NFC quarterback now. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Um, I know it's an uphill battle, but I'm going for the Browns. I don't see them logically beating the Kansas City Chiefs. But uh, something about an underdog story always gets me. So I I started researching and I actually looked into everything. Um, about each of the four AFC teams. Because, let's face it, the NFC, other than LA, dinosaurs. We're basically seeing the passing of the torch. If anybody wants wants to deny it, cool. You know, just close your eyes during the Super Bowl then. Because basically, that's what it's going to be. A young quarterback, if he potentially beats Brady, Breeze, or Rodgers, it's the passing of the torch. We have to accept it. But... Seeing, I, I am going for the Chiefs. I support the Chiefs, but they have so many plot holes right now that if the Browns played the same way that they play against Pittsburgh, and that wasn't even their best. That really wasn't. Pittsburgh just didn't show up. Let's let's not try to make that that game was their best game of the season. It wasn't. Pittsburgh did not show up. They were too busy making TikToks. <laughs> Juju Smith was trying to Corvette Corvette or whatever that dance is, and that just wasn't their best. I can see the Browns beating Kansas City the same way I can see Josh Allen and the Bills beating Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Uh, it's possible. Um, again, you know. Is it likely? Probably not, but it's very possible. Um, I mean, we nobody thought that the Browns were going to beat Big Ben and the Steelers, and you saw how that went. Corvette, Corvette. Um, you know, and I've got I've got a lot of people I've talked to about that, trying to say that making excuses on why the Steelers lost to Cleveland. And in my opinion, I don't want to hear it. You know, Cleveland went out and they played really well and they earned that win. And I don't care what the football people want to say. Cleveland earned that win. I I completely agree. And I was very, I wasn't surprised until <laughs> after halftime. I, I knew that the game was either going to be dominant one way, but to see the Steelers try to come back, I was very surprised. I thought that, you know, Cleveland kind of let up a little bit, maybe took their foot off the gas pedal. Um, and now they have made the statement that they are here. They're going to stay here. And this potentially is the year for any of these young quarterbacks. The youngest is 23, and the oldest is 25 in the AFC. Right. Yeah. Um, it's 
like I said, I'm going, I'm going Browns. Um, simply, like I said, um, under underdog story always gets me in. Plus, they are the only team in the playoffs out of four teams in the NFL total that have never made it to the Super Bowl. So, let's go Browns, break that streak, make it to the Super Bowl. Hell, it'd be super cool in their first appearance if they could win the Super Bowl. I would. Again, Dallas fan, but I'd be online buying a Baker Mayfield jersey. <laughs> I'm a Longhorns fan, and I will not get his OU, his OU jersey. I will not do it. I will not disrespect my Longhorns, but it's not a disrespect in the NFL because, you know, you 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 never get that chance of having your favorite college player come to the NFL uh, to your team unless it's just super luck. Speaking well, you know, of college, is, you know, your team won. Oh man, yeah, Alabama all the way, national champions. Um, it, it was a great game. Um, I was really worried at the beginning when you know Mac Jones uh, caused a turnover, leading to a touchdown on OU's, you know, um, on Ohio State's side. There, uh, I was really worried, but um, super cool to see Alabama take home. National championship after going and throwing a completely perfect season. Um, yeah, you can't get much better than that. As of right now, uh, Mac Jones on the board to be the number one pick in the NFL. And, you know, it's hard for me not to see Jacksonville picking up Mac Jones if he is number one on the board. I, I um, support it. I think that he's humble enough to help a franchise like Jacksonville actually be on top. Um, I mean, he's just a humble guy in general, just hearing him in interviews and seeing the pictures, seeing him DM recruiters because nobody even cared about him to be now a national champion on a perfect team, coached by Nick Saban. Yeah. And he didn't have a cigar in his mouth after winning the national championship. Joe Burrow, you suck. So, <laughs> so Joe Burrow, you suck. You had to plug that one in there. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I had to, I had to. So yeah, I I can see Mac Jones, you know, thriving well in the NFL. I don't care. I do not care. You you everybody everybody who knows me knows how I feel about LSU. <laughs> LSU. L- exactly. So, so as of right now, yeah. who's your pick in the <laughs> NFC? Oh, uh, you know, I kind of want, and this is going to shock everybody that knows me. Um, I'm going for the Bucks. You know, Tom Brady, and for the simple reason is I want Tom Brady, despite Belichick, to show Belichick flat out that you know what, it wasn't, it was never you, it was always me. And, you know, I did it without you. I don't need you. I don't need to cheat to win. Like that right there, I, I honestly hope the NFC, I want to see Tom Brady do it. Now, I hope that L.A. beats Green Bay. If that happens, Die. I yeah. have no, I do not care who represents the NFC. Because by then, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers will be out. 
LA will have proven that through all everything that everybody was focused on Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson and shitting on golf because he he didn't have a great season this year, that he still is a top-rate quarterback and that he deserves to have um, the respect. Yeah, I mean, L.A., I, I wouldn't mind seeing L.A. do something. Um, but, you know, there's also a part of me that's, you know, I have met Aaron Rodgers, um, and he's one of the most humble and coolest guys I've ever talked to. And the fact of the matter is, like, you, I, I know realistically that he's, you know, his career ain't going to be much longer, you know. So I, I I would love to see before he has to retire, he goes out on a high note. Maybe not win the Super Bowl, but, you know, get close and, you know, really put that last stamp on his career um, from a personal standpoint. Um, you know, for more interesting, clearly, you know, L.A., I, I would rather have win. But from a personal standpoint, you know, I, I would love to see Aaron Rodgers go out on a high note. I don't I don't think this is his last year. This is Breeze's last year. He's made it clear. Same with Phillip Rivers. Um so Indianapolis is now on the board for a quarterback, and it looks like the Saints might stick with Taysom Hill and uh Jameis Winston. But talk Jameis Winston. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if there was any <laughs> If there was any quarterback that I would want to see end his career with a win, it would be Drew Brees. Now, that's why I'm so excited for these AFC quarterbacks because now it's they're at the start. It's their years to really shine. Now, Pat Mahomes can be a two-time, but I don't see the Chiefs back winning this year. I don't see the Chiefs winning this back, year. Back to back. So, like, he, he might pull Tom Brady and go back to back, you know. Now, if he beat Tom um, Brady and did well, that, that would be interesting. Well, you know, he, a lot of people, you know, have drawn parallels between Tom Brady and Pat Mahomes. Um, and, you know, I don't, I can't argue their points, you know. There, there's a lot of parallel there. There's a lot of similarity. Um, and I, I like Pat Mahomes. I mean, Texas Tech, you know, Red Raiders, that's, that's one of my teams as well. So... You know, it, I would not be hurt if Pat Mahomes goes to the Super Bowl again. Um, but like I said, again, I, I, I'm really, really rooting for the Browns. And we'll see We'll see what, what happens this weekend because we, we have a pretty interesting weekend. I mean, we have hard to kill to look out for. And we have um, the playoffs to continue with going into – but. What will be the most interesting Super Bowl that has yet that has COVID happened. era Super Bowl COVID era Super Bowl? So it'll be the most interesting Super Bowl because I mean we can have the Bills, the Ravens, the Browns, or the Chiefs. Which two of those teams would have not been thought to ever be in Super Bowl contention, as in the Bills and the Browns? But here we are. And the Bucks, if we go into the NFC side and add all of them, oh, yeah. out of the eight teams, three of them, nobody would have ever thought. Right. You know, and yeah, before Tom Brady and Gronk ended up on that team, you know, nobody ever would have expected Tampa Bay to be in the hunt 
for a Super Bowl championship right now. Um, and then the Browns, you know, going from consistently the worst team in the league to being, you know, Super Bowl contenders. And then you have the Bills who are also, you know, usually toward the bottom of the totem pole in the NFL, now in the hunt for Super Bowl championship. It's going to be a it's going to be a very interesting weekend, no matter what. Um, one of our one of our last segments. We still got a couple of more, but one of our last segments for this show. Um, we both agreed on this. This is kind of how we wanted to segue towards the end. Was the Raw Championship COVID episode best way to say it? <laughs> yeah, like like four wrestlers working like twice or three times. Yeah. It, it it was really an um, interesting episode. It almost reminded me of uh, when everybody was saying Raw was an unsafe working environment. It was literally like Triple H, CM Punk, and Sheamus were like the only people in the building. And I think Cena may have been. Oh, yeah, because it was... Um... You had Punk on commentary, and it was Sheamus versus Cena, and Triple H was the ref. Yes, I remember that. And... And Triple H was saying he would wrestle a broom if he needed to. Um, but, yeah, so that's what Raw kind of reminded me of this week. Um, but, yeah, it was just because of that booking and, and such. It was so much inconsistency. And um, I mean, I don't even know where to start. I mean, I guess I'll start with the, the Charlotte Flair, Rick Flair debacle. Um. I, I don't even know how they're going to work their way out of this now. What did I say? What did I say last week? I called it. Well, I'm just. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. They're like, huh, let's not turn Charlotte Flair, but let's turn Ric Flair heel. I said, I was like, I'm so worried with Charlotte Flair, what they could do with her. And hey, then they do this. Hey, but you got to think. You got to think. I was half right. I said a flare was going to go heel. You just didn't get the right one. <laughs> no, no, I didn't get the right one. I said flares are natural heels, but I guess I was going on the wrong way on the flares there. You, you did. You did. So this is this is where, I mean, I've been reading feedback online about it all day since we talked about talking about this segment um, and my own thoughts. And I have a few takeaways on why this doesn't work. Like, one, how did Lacey Evans go from this badass Rosie the Riveter Marine type to being a woman who sleeps with old men? It doesn't make sense because, I mean, and if you take the Lacey Evans now and you take the Lacey Evans in NXT, they have some similarities, but... It just it doesn't make sense. It doesn't it doesn't fit. And you know you know my history. I have huge respect for the Marine Corps. Um to see Lacey Evans do this is very interesting. To see the WWE do this when you could have had a potentially younger star, because I mean Lacey Evans is I believe in her early thirties, but you have women like, you know, Peyton Royce, you have Mandy Rose, you have well, like, if you're going to have, yeah, yeah. So like they should, if they were going to have like a romance angle thing with flair, 
turning on his his daughter. There's so many better stars they could have used for that means, you know, that would have fit better. I mean, just you know, three or four months ago, they were painting Lacey Evans as this awesome baby face who was a, a inspiration to women everywhere and uh, wholesome and mother to her, you know, daughter and you know has a husband and blah blah blah. And now you've got her sleeping with Ric Flair. And we're not saying that that could happen, but we know, I mean, uh, Lita just came out with her Twitch saying how she didn't want to do. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we the know. celebration, yeah. We know what. We know Vince McMahon. We know Vince McMahon. We know what exactly is going to happen. And it doesn't fit. It doesn't work. It doesn't make sense. Well, you know, uh, you know, honestly, I kind of have a picture in my head of how this you know, went down realistically. I, I think I kind of know, um, you know, a couple weeks ago, USA Network came and told the uh, WWE that in order for them to be happy with their product, they want a more edgy, dark, adult-type program. And Vince McMahon, in his eyes, the only way to make that happen is to bring sexual-type things into it. Um, and kill a guy. Yeah, and kill a guy. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's... It just... I don't know. I, I just... I think that that whole segment left such a bad taste in my mouth about the, you know, the way that storyline's gonna go. Like, they don't even have a viable contender for Asuka's Royal Rumble match now because, you know, apparently they're not going that direction with Charlotte. So, like, I literally don't know Who's going to fight Asuka now? Like, I can't think of anybody who, storyline-wise, makes sense at this point. I I can think of one. <clears throat> I can think of one, and it's because they're not pushing for her main roster debut to be at the Rumble, but it could be within the next two weeks, is Raya. Well, yeah, I know, I know Rhea, you know, her... Her main roster thing is pretty much was set its imminence, so she's going to show up literally, you know, within the next week or two. I wouldn't be surprised if she shows up on Raw next week. Um, but, yeah, going back to it, man, like, there's so many plot holes now going into the Rumble that I don't understand. Um, you know, how do you have, I guess, the buddy, buddy cop movie that is Seamus and Keith Lee now? Um, I, I don't even know what to think of that um one minute they're enemies and they're friends and then they're enemies again and then they're friends like they go from winning a tag match and hugging each other then it comes back commercial break and they're shoving each other and then a bell rings and then they're fighting yeah so that's what i wanted to talk to and make clear with everybody about this week we're not purposely picking on wwe this week we see we call it like how we see it. And this week, yeah, there's no WWE, yeah, WWE really just was bad. It was just a well, train I mean, wreck. The, the, the sad thing about wrestling this week in general, man, is it seems like 90% of it be it AEW, be it Impact, be it WWE was a train wreck. Um the only things that I can think of that were a bright spot you know, it's like NXT because tonight's episode was, you know, pretty damn good again. 
Um, I really MSK. You know, I thought it was super cool to see the Rascals or MSK, as they're called now, show up. Um, I was highly entertained with that that match there, especially. I mean, when you get those guys after watching their body of work and impact and getting familiar with what they can do, like they did in the X Division, getting them in there with somebody like Swerve and even Jake Atlas, like that was such a good match. Um, NXT honestly has been the MVP in my opinion of wrestling at least for the last two weeks. I mean, you know, you know what I'm gonna say, NJPW, um, especially with you know the whole controversy that they've had with Jay White, but not that's not even the biggest controversy that's hit um, Japan. The biggest controversy right now is Ibushi, and it's because he asked to unify the titles and you know no matter what i say the best wrestling fans in the world are the japanese wrestling fans because they treat this like an art this is something that if you want to do it you are gonna give it your all and this is where you become huge in the world is in japan and they kind of were surprised because the whole tradition you know since mvp was the inaugural intercontinental champ was that there's always been two belts two big belts and then you know you have the united states and the never open weight and blah 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 and blah 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 blah. and he wants to unify them because he thinks that it would be make more sense to have just one belt right yeah it's um you know i could see that happening um with the belts um, my big thing is um, I was doing some research because um, we were talking about last week how fans have st- have lost sight of what makes a, a championship prestigious. And uh, I looked in trying to do research on what is probably the most prestigious championship in pro wrestling. Um, and I looked through all of them. And the New Japan, the NJPW Heavyweight Championship is, in my opinion, and the opinion of many, the most prestigious world title in wrestling. Only eight um, different champions in ten years. Yes, eight champions in ten years. So you got to think like that's that's crazy. Like ten, a decade, and there's only eight champions. Like that right there shows that that belt has history and it's prestige and it's very important. And that's what I wish they did a lot more with, uh, you know, championships and the other companies was, you know, giving somebody a much longer reign to build the prestige. Now, do I think that, um, John Moxley as AEW championship was prestigious as champion was prestigious. Of course, because he kept it for a year and a half, but he was a fighting champion. He did crazy matches and he knew how to cut a promo. Well, yeah, and the thing, though, with, with um, you know, Mox, the thing that shoots Mox in the foot is, you know, he's not really, his character, you you almost don't want to care, care about the belt, you know. You, you almost kind of forget he's the champion when he's in the ring because, you know, you're just focused on John Moxley as a wrestler and as a character. Um, 
so you know it almost was hard for me to remember during some of the matches that mox was the, the AEW world champion um he's just he's you know he's he's a different character and the way he wrestles like you were saying in some of those crazy matches like you almost forget the titles even part of it um whereas you know your people like omega and jericho who you know that you know they're the champion you know what i mean and that that makes sense i think it was because he didn't and he could be a different style of champion he didn't really flaunt the belt as much as le champion does or and as, omega definitely will yeah yeah omega's gonna as time goes on omega's gonna flaunt it throw it in your face kick you with it and then say it's your fault and Moxley didn't really have to do that. I mean, we knew who was the champion, but I think his character carried Yeah, you it. know, Moxley, Moxley, um, he's he's the kind of character, I don't want to say he's incapable of being world champion, because no, he's very capable of being world champion, but I think he's far more compelling as in the chase of the title than rather as the champion. And you know, I, I, I'm far, I'm, I'm far more interested in John Moxley chasing the title than John Moxley defending the title. This is our last segment of the show. It's called Hot Takes. Basically, what we do is we just bounce ideas off each other and just get, see what the other person thinks of it. Uh, so this week, we are actually going to start off with what do you think about that article I sent you? That the max of each of the contracts for the retribution members is only two hundred and fifty thousand. Uh, I'm not surprised. I had done a, I had actually read an article a couple weeks ago saying when it was talking about how WWE, um, in the current state of things, where they're not traveling, they're not having fans, um, they're no longer in what they call talent hoarding mode. So they, you know, it was said that they were going to start offering smaller contracts. Because they're not necessarily as worried about people leaving because regardless what company in the United States they go to, they're in the same situation. Like they're not, there's no fans. Um, nobody's probably got the big money to throw around. So, you know, WWE's kind of not offering big money anymore. Um, so, you know, I see why. Um, but obviously it was enough to make those guys want to resign. So, yeah, very, very, uh, very true. I just I don't agree with it because we know what my Yim and uh, Dio Madine and all of them can do, and as of right now, they're being buried because of this retribution angle. Yeah, um, it's it's just a shitty situation, but uh, hopefully, you know, hopefully, you know, things you know in the next year or so change again for the better. Um, Speaking of that, I'll, I'll bring my hot take and throw it at you here. I've got, what do you think of WWE being allowed to have fans for the Rumble, but saying, no, we'd rather not tear down the Thunderdome for one night? The, I think as of right now, that is the smartest move you can do, regardless how the listeners feel personally about the disease. We're not trying to say, we're not trying to tell you to do anything like that, but for every company as of right now, nobody has wanted to be the company that got a lot of people infected. 
And, you know, having the opportunity to do so doesn't necessarily mean that they want to. And I agree with it. I think that it's smart. Besides, the Thunderdome has been a great idea. Regardless. I mean, NXT has to use it now because there was a COVID outbreak at uh, the um, at the wrestling center. So there was a COVID outbreak, which I think is why, you know, the main roster is not going to use fans for the Rumble. And if the show's good enough, you don't need fans. The same way with football. If the game's good enough, we don't need fans. Basketball proved it. Hockey proved it. Everybody's proved it. Fans, that is a luxury that we get, but we do not need to be there for the program to be good. And I agree, I agree with it. Okay, so that's a fair point. So the last thing I wanted to talk about on my end, Vince Russo shitting on the Motorhead t-shirt that Triple H was wearing and saying that he should not be out there. That if it was Vince Russo, Vince Russo would not do that because obviously both of those men are in the exact same shape. You go first because I got a lot to say. Okay, so Vince Russo and Triple H. Okay, you stand those two guys next to each other. There's a distinct freaking difference. Um, Triple H, you know, this, we're talking about a Triple H who somehow with all of his busy duties tends to work out several hours a day. And you've got, you know, Vince Russo who looks like a, you know, New York Guido that sits in his basement and eats pizza all day. You know, I, I don't understand where Russo has literally anything he can stand on to say. But then again, typically if wrestling's history is any indication, Vince Russo is a heaping sack of crap anyway. If this was anybody else for the main event, if any other veteran, anybody came out and had that match with Randy, there would be so much hate because you're burying the younger talent. But now that it's Trips, who literally is a father figure to everybody in NXT because he treats them with the same amount of respect anybody in the main roster gets, you have to attack him personally. And I'm pretty sure Trips doesn't care. Because for oh, one... Because no, it's Vince Russo. And two, he's in hell of shape if at 52 i looked anywhere close to that i would be so proud like you gotta understand like it wouldn't have worked had it been anybody else but trips you know the history that him and orton have you know that's what made that match compelling because you know you the history between triple h and orton um you know and the, the another thing you know i don't know many people who can be in an absolute, that wasn't even really a match. It was a fight. I don't know any other people they could have brought back that could have had a fight with Orton. But Triple H, you know, that that was good television. I don't care what the ratings say. Um, I don't I don't care anything. As a fan, that was amazing. And it blew um, up in Orton's face. It, well, yeah, literally. But <laughs> before I get to, you know, Alexa... Um, that was everything it needed to be, and it almost took me back, you know, 10 years. I almost felt like it was 10 years prior, and I was sitting in front of my TV, and, you know, 
2011 watching Triple H and Randy Orton fighting each other. Um, it was I, I really enjoyed the segment, and it was super cool to see that Triple H, despite being in a corporate position, still this badass ass kicker who like you don't want to piss off. So um, I, I loved the segment. I loved that whole you know all even though it was only about four minutes long, I freaking loved it. All right, so my last hot take is something you brought to my attention. Um, how about that Razor COVID mask? Oh, yeah, so the Razor COVID mask, the, um, what the heck is it called? Project Hazel. Project Hazel. It is not going to be cheap, but. Well, I don't care if it's cheap. I want one. Yeah, right. I'm getting one regardless. Um, <laughs> Anything that makes me look like I'm a character from Mass Effect, bro, you know I gotta have that. I I think it's great. I think people have already began shitting on it because it looks futuristic or it looks too big or people say that you know the pandemic's o- almost over. Um, shit, one, I'm gonna buy it anyway. Fuck yeah. That. For Cosplay. one, it'd be wrestling gear. Shit. For for one. We've already proved that we can't handle another one of these, even if it's something similar to the flu. We've already can't handle it. I'm going to have one, one, because I want one, and two, because if this happens again, at least I have something cool. Uh, the effects that yeah, it has. You know, we're not wearing fucking, we're not wearing fucking, you know, doctor, dollar store, surgical masks and shit. No, I'm going to have that, and I'm going to wear it proudly, even during the day. I don't have to make any expressions to anybody i just have to use my eyes i don't have to smile i'm using that that's dope um the technology that it has in it to almost make your voice sound unmuffled there'll still be a little bit of kinks but i think it's amazing i'm very excited for when it drops not only that but there's airflow in it you know you actually could feel some fresh air on your face you know, like going to work, like working my like 12 hours days, dude, with the regular mask on, dude, like there's no airflow, no fresh air gets to hit your face. It, it's It sucks. So like that, that concept, I don't care. Like it could be like $500 and I'm going to buy it. I don't yeah. care. Yeah. That, I agree with that because um, it has a UV carrying case to sanitize itself and wireless charging that all you pay at night. And then at night, the LEDs kick on where people can see your lips so they know what you're saying. Uh, oh, dude, like, come on. I don't know why anybody wouldn't want one, even just to have one for the foreseeable future. Because we're not guaranteed anything. We may still have to wear masks at NFL games. Um, we may still oh, have yeah, to yeah. at conventions. Like, even, even if, like... Even not counting COVID, but like, say you go over to somebody's house and they've been sick. Like, dude, like even after COVID happens or, you know, you you go somewhere like that, you know, people could have had the, the flu or the cold and you don't want to catch it. Like the mask still has use. Oh, yeah, of course. You know, so I would totally uh, it's totally a good investment in my opinion. All right, ladies and gentlemen. It has been so good to take up this hour and a half of your time. We really do appreciate it. You guys can actually, and this is what I was saying last week, the surprises. You guys can catch us on um, a couple of little small sites known as Apple Music, 
Google Play, Spotify, Pocket Casts, and Breaker. So you guys can actually catch this podcast. You guys can share it. Let us know what you guys think. You know, you guys are more than welcome to DM F Class Heroes on our Instagram, the TikTok, on Twitter, on our Facebook page. And just tell us your thoughts. If you guys disagree with us, you know what? We'll take it how it is. We'll take it into consideration if we need to tone down some things or if we just need to keep going with the way that we are because I can tell our vibe has been improving. And I really love this. Uh, Shout out to the other company that we got, UAW description or a link in the description. I messed that up. But... Mike, what do you got to say? UAW guys, you might want to, you might, you guys might want to keep your eyes open. Um, around the time of, you know, around March, maybe March 14th, because I, I have a feeling there's going to be something pretty big happening on the UAW wrestling front. Uh, just something you might want to keep your eye out on. Definitely, definitely. And uh, I think there's a, there's going to be a couple of, couple of little videos coming out on that channel too that I, I think you guys might want to actually stay on and you know just uh just just watch out for I, I I say you need to watch out for them absolutely but uh all right guys thank you for listening remember like comment subscribe share it definitely share it and uh peace out guys